Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Friday edition of The Drive, TGIF. Hope everybody doing well. Man, another nice day. A little warmer today. I, uh, I did, I did some serious. I did some yard work. Sort of vacuumed the yard. Bagged, bagged the yard. Didn't really cut the grass. You got, you just got sort of yellow, yellow and red leaves. I'm got guessing. lots. I got all kinds. I got brown. I got yellow. I got pine needles. I got all kinds of things. It is. I, I tell you what. I have just from the front yard. I have four bags. Four big black garbage bags full. Of leaves. I didn't want the youngsters that come trick or treating, you know, to, uh, of course, it probably would have been scarier if I'd left, you know, a couple of inches of leaves out in the front yard. Between, between now and Thanksgiving or so, mm-hmm. I would say is the, like, this is prime time for leaf changing, you know, the, the colors. Falling. Be, yeah, the, well, they'll fall into it, <laughs> but the colors changing, and, you know, yeah. people, people, people seek that out, and it's going to get real autumnal uh, in, the, uh, in, in the trees. Here in Auburn, so yeah, I think it's a it's it's a beautiful time of year. A little bit warm today, uh, but that's uh, that, that seems like it's going to change uh, very very soon, and we'll be. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I we'll, mean, we'll have some, we'll have it's, some chilly. It may days be in the thirties. How about that? Before the end of next week, and it looks like the first night that it's going to cool off is going to be Halloween night. Halloween night. I mean, I've I've seen some uh, some folks saying. I mean, it, it's going to be the, the temperatures are going to be about what we've had during the day on Halloween. Then you're going to get a, it's either going to be a trick or a treat. If you're not ready, it could be a trick because once it, uh, once the sun goes down, it, the temperature is going to drop rapidly is what, is what I've heard. So that, that'll be interesting on, uh, on Halloween, which, uh, which the city of Auburn is, is, you know, once again, observing on the 31st, which is Tuesday night. Yeah. We've got some lows in the, in the, uh, in the upper thirties next week. So yeah. th- Thursday, Friday. Um, yeah, so yeah. I took all the, I took all my tropical plants that I brought into the garage a few weeks ago. I took them out today, let them let them be treated to the sun here over the weekend, and then I'm going to bring them back in for good before uh, before there's a, Tuesday. There's a chance next week we get the spectrum of 36 to 86. Yeah, over the course of the like you know different mm-hmm. different times of the week, it could be 86 uh, at the at the hottest moments, and and it could be uh, approaching. Uh, approaching freezing. What's the, the uh, uh, what's the forecast for tomorrow? It's going to be in the 80s again tomorrow, isn't it? Or around 80? D- tomorrow has a high of 81, which mm-hmm. is going to be right in the middle of the day, I believe. Apple is projecting. Yeah, it's usually about you know between three and four is yeah, the hottest it, time of day. Yeah, which, which will be during which will be during tomorrow's game. Yeah, right, right um, after uh, right after kickoff. Yeah, so I would uh, I would expect a warm but clear yeah. uh, day for, uh, for for some uh, nice weather. Yeah. Nice weather for football. Uh, We've been saying it feels like a, feels like a Jefferson Pilot type of game with Auburn and Mississippi State. Playing. Well, it is SEC Network. Yeah, that's not the, not that's the, the closest thing we have. Not the uh, not the not the primary two thirty game. Uh, with the uh, with, with Georgia Florida going on in the uh, in, in in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. uh, but you still will have uh, you know there there will be interest and 
Uh, we've been we've been talking about Auburn. You know, it feels like, especially compared to the first four games in conference, feels like an opportunity to not just make progress in a game that you you understand if Auburn lost, uh, but to make progress in a game that you feel like Auburn's got a pretty good shot of winning. Well, this is one that that Auburn really really needs to win. Build some confidence. Try to get a little momentum before they go on the road the next two weeks to uh, Nashville and Fayetteville. Uh, as as they you know head down the stretch, if they're going to play in a bowl game, if they're going to be bowl eligible, they really need to win tomorrow. So we'll we'll uh, take your take your thoughts on that. Love for you to join us. We've got a couple of special guests, as is usually the case on Friday. Scott Bagwell, voice of the Auburn High School Tigers, joins us um, around the bottom of this hour. Auburn hosting Prattville, big ball game there. Auburn needs to win this one now. Um, it's, we'll get Scott to explain. I mean, there, there are different possibilities and things can happen, but for Auburn in the postseason, they don't need to lose this ball game. So we'll talk with Scott this hour. And then in hour number two at around five fifteen, coach Don Dunn joins us. We'll get his thoughts as Auburn getting ready to host Mississippi state. And, and did you realize that, only Georgia, Alabama, and LSU have beaten Auburn more times than Mississippi State since 1990. Not Arkansas. I mean, a lot of people would say, oh, it's got to be Arkansas. No. No, Mississippi State has had more wins, and, and they have won the last two against Auburn as well. They're looking for their third straight win against the Tigers. And, and occasionally in the Dan Mullen era, you know, he, he, would, have, uh, he would have success against Auburn, beat them. Uh, in the Dak Prescott season, right? That was 2014 mm-hmm. uh, when when Mississippi State uh, beat, beat Auburn. You also had uh, the season in you had the the coach uh, Joe Moorhead uh, who, who defeated Auburn. Yeah, no kidding. In, uh, 20- Joe, Moore, Joe Moorhead, where is he now? I don't. He remember. went somewhere he's an off, as he's an offensive coordinator. coordinator. Is he a head again. coach again? But, but at I a, don't think so. At a non Power Five school, I don't I don't know exactly off the top of my head where where Joe Moorhead is, but he is. Uh, he was he was able to beat Auburn in that 2018 game in Starkville. So yeah, this is at a series where uh, I mean, of course the uh, the the three to two game is is the the most infamous of the Auburn Mississippi mm-hmm. State series. And keep in mind, this is another yearly series that's going away. This is another game right. that was a regardless of whether it's an eight or nine game schedule, it will not be on the every. Your schedule. Seems unlikely that Mississippi State and Auburn would make each other. Yeah, that's not going to be the one. If it's an eight-game schedule, it would have to be the one permanent opponent. Yeah, and and it, I mean, I guess I suppose Mississippi State and Auburn could be each other's third. You know, if they went to the the, the three six, but you know, un, unlikely, right. and that'd be speculation. But it, we know that uh, it's not on the schedule next year. I had them as Auburn. Oh, you had, you had Auburn. You had, you had, you had Auburn had Mississippi State, State as, as Auburn's third on the three six, and that's uh, okay. Yeah, so I mean, if there's there's a chance of it, but. Uh, we know that it's not on next year's schedule. Auburn and Mississippi State will not play each other next year, which will be the first time uh, since uh, the uh, si- since the invention of division play uh, that Auburn and Mississippi State will not play. So, yeah, it's going to be a uh, a chance for Auburn to make some progress, a chance for Auburn to snap State's win streak uh, in this series, and a chance for Auburn to pick up some momentum in the second half of the season uh, with some uh, w- with some games coming up that feel like uh, uh, f- feel like games Auburn can win. Yeah, Auburn has. Uh, did, you, did you pick Auburn in the uh, in, in the Brian Matthews? Yes, I did. I did too. Yes, I did. Yeah. Auburn should win this ball game. 
Uh, it doesn't mean they will, but but they should. But yeah, Mississippi State's won two in a row in three of the last five. Um, they've uh, let's see, Auburn's won eight of the last fourteen. So it's been this has been a uh, back and forth series. Auburn has a decided advantage overall in the history of the series. But uh, you look, and I mean, uh, state states had a couple of streaks. They won four straight from '97 to 2000. Are you of the opinion that? the best approach for Auburn tomorrow is to use Peyton Thorne most of the time? Um, I think so. I think so, too. Like, I, And it's not – that's not – that's nothing against Robbie because I feel like there's, you know, there, there's a way – there's a role for Robbie and or if you went with Robbie most of the time, um, you know, with, with, some, with some adjustments – Maybe they could keep defenses more honest and, and you could have more explosive plays than what we've seen in the first five games. But, yeah, personally, I, I would say uh, with the way Mississippi State is struggling to cover receivers mm-hmm. uh, and, and the numbers that guys have put up the last couple of weeks in conference play, I think you need someone who's, uh, who's testing the Mississippi State defensive backs. Uh, we, we already you know we assume Auburn's opponents are going to overplay the run and, and try to take that element away from Auburn's offense. And, yeah, I think it just at the moment feels like Thorne is the guy they trust more to, uh, to, uh, to take advantage of that and, and try, to, uh, uh, tr- try, to, try to back defenses off. So, yeah, I, I would think that Thorne is the – if they're going to go with one most of the time, I would think that Thorne gives them the best chance to win. Uh, if they go with Robbie, I don't think you can line up three tight ends and run 80% of the time with Robbie Ashford on the field. I think defense, I think doing that could get you beat by a team with inferior talent. Like I think if you, if you become, if you, if you go with Robbie and try to be totally one or largely one dimensional as a run team, you're going to need to be able to throw the ball to beat Mississippi state. And Hugh free said that last night at tiger talk. And I'm, and I'm not sure you could be the, the way Auburn played the first three quarters offensively against Ole Miss I'm not sure how much offensive success you should expect against Arkansas or Vanderbilt doing that, especially away from home. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, as, as Hugh Freeze said, not that he's listening to the show, but he even used some of the words we've been using, right, talking about being cautious and, and not being able to be, you know, have, having to avoid predictability. Like, I mean, this is, this is something that Auburn, uh, this, this is a chance for Auburn to, to find balance offensively. And if this offense were to find balance – get the feeling they could be pretty dangerous because of some of the options uh, in, in, in the run game especially. Oh, yeah, it would make the run game so much better and would also be something that uh, really, really would uh, help out the defense as well. We, we'd love for you to join in. Again, we have a couple of guests, but other than that, we'd be glad to hear from you, and uh, you can call us on the Drive Hotline, presented by Sky Bar Cafe, and that number is 334 321 1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, available however you listen to podcasts. So uh, come on in and join us here on the Friday Drive. We're just getting underway. We'll go ahead and get to our first break of the afternoon. It's the Friday Drive. 
to Scott Bagwell. ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive 416 here on this Friday afternoon with Bill and Dan. Drew at the controls. How did the event go last night down in Troy? Well, there were a couple events. I was also the, uh, you know, I, I, I had to do some celebrity guest judging uh, late last night. Oh, yeah, that's as, right. As well. But the, you made uh, it back for that, though, I right? It, yeah, no, I was, I was back in time for a you know, bu- busy night for, uh, for, for me and, uh, you know, when when you're when you're in demand the way we are, Bill, right? Like these these things happen. I wouldn't know. But yeah, yes, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> that's, all right. So the, uh, the 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 Troy event was great. You know, we, they do a, a dual men's and women's tip off banquet dinner and uh, a silent auction and a uh, mm-hmm. an event. Barry McKnight handles most of the uh, of, of the emceeing duties and uh, and and did a uh, did a great job. As always, oh yeah, got got to uh, got to introduce Smooth Barry, and, and it's it's interesting because, and this is sort of a sign of the times in college basketball. Troy has the the, the Troy women's team brings back pretty much everyone who play, who averaged double digit minutes last season on on, on the team. The you know the the nucleus of the roster is back. The Troy men, just a sign of the times in college basketball. Only four guys back from last year's team. Like you you think that's, about the way that's not. A terribly low number these At, days. In mid-major ball, I mean, between guys who could go in the portal and guys who test professional ranks um, and, and graduating seniors, yeah, it's a uh, uh, it, it is uh, the churn is you know it's it's really ramped up and uh, some coaches are and I think Scott Cross is a really smart guy and someone who is you know he, he knows sort of how to integrate new players into his system and get them ready to play immediately because he. It's what he what he has to do as a mid major coach. He won he won a lot of games at UT Arlington before uh-huh. coming to oh, yeah. uh, before coming to Troy, and, and now he's in year five at Troy. They won twenty games last year, so I think the Troy men could be plucky in uh, as Scott Cross likes to point out a Sun Belt where last year Southern Miss was picked last by the coaches and won the league's regular season title. So like you you I mean as as far as I mean who who knows like especially now with the way preseason predictions I mean. It's it's easier in football. That's crazy, but it's easier in football because you don't have as much turnover. Now Auburn had huge turnover, you know, obviously Colorado, but most schools don't have the percentage, the just, you know, on a 13-person max men's roster, most teams are turning over at least half their roster every year. So it's very difficult to predict first of all how the chemistry is going to be. And secondly, you know, to, to have any idea how everyone who is new coming in is going to be able to play makes it very, very difficult. I mean, uh, I think Alabama was picked. Uh, I heard somebody today complaining because Alabama was picked fifth this year in the SEC. That's where they've been picked both years. They've won the conference under Nate Oates. So and- pre- predictions for basketball are – I think much more difficult than they are football. Yeah, and I would think in the in the SEC, uh, eight NCAA tournament teams last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're picked fifth, I mean that that tells me you got to. I mean, there's in a, in a league where it feels like there are five or six teams that have a real chance to win it, depending on I think how you view Auburn, how you view Kentucky, uh, because they've got 
you know, so it's 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 so dependent on true freshmen coming in and making a big impact. Uh, but between Tennessee and Arkansas and A and M and Alabama, uh, and and then Auburn and Kentucky potentially, like I think the top six in the SEC are. You think Florida's going to stay down? I don't know how long Florida's going to stay down. No, I mean, and I think that you count out Missouri at your own peril too, because that coach clearly knows what he's doing. Yeah, no kidding. And then uh, Georgia has hit it big recruiting here. I mean, for twenty-five, but one for twenty-four, one for twenty-five. They have gotten a couple of the top prospects in the country committed there, and that's something they weren't able to do for and, a few years. And Auburn all- was getting. Some of those stud players. Ole Miss looks to be much better than they were last season, and Chris Beard is the uh, is the coach now. So I mean, I think that's a uh, that, mm-hmm. that's a that's another. I mean, this is a this is going to be a really tough league. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about if you're picked first or second or fifth or sixth nah. in the preseason. I think it, what you want to be is what you, I mean. You'd love to be in contention for the regular season title, which means you probably got to hold serve at home and uh, pick up road wins where you can you want to be healthy when the postseason starts because that's such a big part of it is, I mean, you can be, you can be one of the best teams in college basketball, a couple key injuries in February, and you're not the same team in the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, I think that's a, uh, uh, I, I would, I don't know, is there, is there a team you find yourself uh, bullish on in the SEC or is there, is there someone that you think is like, I mean. I don't ten- know, Ar- Arkansas scares me. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I find my, I mean, Tennessee is, I get why Tennessee is the pick in the preseason because mm-hmm. they're one of the most. Right. They're, they're one they've of the got most, guys that, that you go, are they still around? Like Viscovi. Yes. I mean, yeah, I mean, they've, they've got guys that have been around a, a, a while. So, I mean, it's. Uh, I think Auburn's going to be better than, than some people think. Uh, I saw, I think CBS Sports barely, CBS Sports barely has Auburn in the top 50. I think they're much better than that. I know Lenardi, and we were talking about how it, it's, I mean, to, to try to predict the NCAA tournament right now. Like it was, it was easier in the days where you could look at teams' rosters at the end of the season and sort of yeah, use and you that. go, oh, well, here's who's coming back, and they add a signee or two. Now that rosters Shoot. are unrecognizable, yeah, now that rosters are are routinely unrecognizable, pick, picking the NCAA tournament field right now feels like guesswork. Mm-hmm. I believe Lenardi's most recent projection had Auburn as a seven seed in the NCAA tournament. And uh, his his bracket had Auburn uh, playing. If if chalk held, they would have defending national champion UConn in the round of thirty two. Uh, so I mean, yeah, there's there's a uh, but that's that's March and uh, you know that that's a uh, there's a whole basketball season between now and then. And I think Auburn's going to play some games that have a chance to uh, uh, to show that they are uh, they're better than people think. Uh, or we, we could see uh, we, we could see some growing pains with uh, so many new pieces on the roster. Oh, yeah, and Auburn has that someone, uh, well, I guess Justin was calling it private scrimmage. Uh, Not tomorrow, it's on Sunday. And then they've got the exhibition against AUM next Wednesday before they open things up against Baylor. Right, and is is the exhibition... Is the exhibition broadcast in any way? Do they do? Do they do radio or not? Usually, I I haven't seen anything about it being broadcast. I feel like I remember hearing radio for the exhibition. Maybe there is. I don't know. When they played the Icelandic guy uh, a couple years ago, remember the Icelandic point guard? Um, yeah. Was it Barry? Yes, it was. Right. I was trying to remember. I couldn't remember the school, and they won. Yeah, but but I, I want to say that. Uh, 
I, I want to say that game was was on the uh, was was broadcast somewhere, but I, I yeah I don't, I don't think there's a I think I think that the broadcast gets going with. Oh, do we have confirmation? Uh, Andy says it's uh, on the app only. Okay, very cool. I I thought there was going to be. Uh, nice to know he's listening. So, something, hey, Andy. yeah. Hey, hey, Andy. Uh, great job uh, all all season long. Uh, but so so Auburn and. AUM will be available. Is, is that the that's the expectation? Yes. Yeah. That that'll be that'll be available uh, for uh, for folks who want to tune in online. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That is the drive hotline sponsored by Skybar. Still some standing room only. There tickets. are standing right, room t- standing room tickets for AUM and a few a few of the non conference games. Not very many, uh, and that is part of the season ticket package. So. That is nice to know. So we've got a couple of tickets. Speaking not of... To, not for anybody not for anybody except us to use. I, I didn't mean available for our listeners or anything. Didn't want to get anybody too excited there. Easy there, Bill. I just um, mean the family has two tickets. <laughs> the family. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Still yet yeah. to be determined who's, so, yeah. who's, who's using those. It makes it sound like the Sopranos. Um, spe- speaking of Skybar... Uh, costume contest. Yeah, last, costume yeah. So how'd that go last, last night? night? What was the winning costume? Um, there was a. Uh, I'm trying to think of a way to put this. Str- <laughs> mm, I think about this. Street preacher. Someone. Someone dressed as a notable a local. Street, yeah. Okay. Street, I, I, yeah, street I preacher. I can. Um, and and that was that was a, a very popular costume. There were a, uh, you know, a couple of uh, you know, a couple of pop culture references, comic book characters, and what have you. Uh, Batman villains, Shrek people, uh, Scooby Doo gang. You had you know stuff like that, but yeah, I think it was a, uh, a, 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 a I think over a hundred entries. I mean, it was a a, a really it was a, a it was a, a graveyard smash, is what it was, Bill. So I think it, you know, fo- and folks, if you missed last night, there's another one uh, Tuesday night, Halloween night. Uh, Sky Bar will be uh, will be hosting another uh, costume contest. So yeah, I think it's a uh, it, it's 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 always a lot of fun, and people get real creative and real brave with some of these costumes. And, and, and so 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 you're telling me there was like Harley Quinn and, and Joker. Brian Harson wasn't there, was he? I did not Brian see. I did not see. Yeah, you seen that? I have not seen. Oh, this. you hadn't no, seen that? No. Oh my! I mean, yeah. I'm I'm generally people say. I, I mean, it's. Is it ironic? That I discourage. I discourage. Like I discourage people from dressing as the Joker, <laughs> unless I'll tell you what. Unless you go Caesar Romero, right? You give me the. You give that that one, Bill. Like the. You oh give, yeah. You give me Caesar Romero from the uh, uh, from, from the from the sixties Batman show. Now that's a Joker. That's one I can get behind. Uh, but no, it was a, a Skybar costume contest. Outstanding as always. Shout out to everybody who uh, who puts that thing. Uh, puts that thing together and uh, got to do it again on Tuesday night. Yeah, that's uh, well. Well, that's good. Glad, glad a tradition. You, a tradition. Glad you made it back in. in uh, you know, and we're able to to judge that. A tradition unlike any other, right, Bill? Like uh, that is uh, that that is uh, truly a, a way to describe uh, the, the the annual uh, Skybar costume contest. All right, uh, we should be uh, connecting with Scott Bagwell, voice of the Auburn High Tigers, here in a few minutes. Auburn hosting Prattville. Um, as as they look to bounce back from that tough loss last week to Central. We'll talk to Scott about that, get his thoughts also on uh, Auburn-Mississippi State and and any other games that you know he wants to give us uh, his feelings about. We'd love for you to join in. Again, 334-321-1390. What do you think is going to happen? What would you like to see happen? I know the, the one thing that I keep hearing from just about everyone is, I want to see a quarterback – 
given the opportunity to stay and, and play most of the game. And I'm hearing more people go, I don't care who it is. Just don't want to see the quarterback rotation um, that we've been seeing all season long. I have more concerns about the approach with Ashford in the game if he's going to be the guy. I feel like with Thorne, it, it's, it's more execution and the hope that stuff that maybe didn't work against Georgia or LSU or Ole Miss might work against Mississippi State. Uh, but I think with uh, uh, with Ashford, I, yeah, I, I wonder if you know what they've attempted, and especially the the stuff where it feels like they're signaling run. I, I wonder if that will work, uh, even against a team where you feel like you have a uh, e- even if you feel like you have a talent advantage. Mm-hmm. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Come on in and join us here on the Friday Drive. Five o'clock here on this Friday afternoon. Bill and Dan with Drew at the controls here in the studio. And we will head to the drive hotline sponsored by Sky Bar and welcome in the voice of the Auburn High Tigers. That is Scott Bagwell. Scott, how you doing today? Good. How are y'all? Uh, doing pretty well. Uh, another another nice day. Going to be a nice night for football. A little warm maybe for the end of October, but still. Uh, it beats cold and wet, at least I think, uh, as, as Auburn ready to uh, – to once again be back at the duck, you know, only only four home games this year, and and uh, this is one of those few as they get to host the Prattville Lions. Yeah, last home game of the regular season, and depending on seeding, might be the last home game of the year. Um, Auburn to get a two seed needs to win tonight and get some help, uh, either from one of the Montgomery schools or they need to the tiebreakers to kind of be adjusted and and. Um, and some upsets happen in other regions and other teams so that uh, they can shake up the tiebreaker because right now it looks like if Enterprise wins out, they will be the two, and Auburn will be on the road in the first round of the playoffs. But they need to win, I mean, because uh, there's a possibility. I mean, if they don't win, there's uh, no guarantee that they're in. Yeah, we got to win one of the last two tonight or next week against Smith to make the playoffs. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and, and to give yourself any opportunity, you got to win out. So it, tonight's a big one. The other thing is, is got to rebound and regroup from last week when, um, it's not, I'm not going to say that Auburn ne- didn't necessarily play well. They didn't play clean and every single mistake that Auburn made, um, central being the good team that they are was there to capitalize and, uh, and made Auburn pay for it. Yeah. I mean, one of them, I mean, Auburn, it, it, it you talk about the one that flipped the field is uh, when you're down in the red zone and and a scoop and score goes uh, what was it 90 yards for a, for a central yeah. touchdown. That's you know it, it's a 10 most likely a 14 point swing. Yeah, minimum 10, uh, most likely a 14 point swing in a seven point game there. So or it's a 14 point game and Auburn's trying to cut it to seven. You know get back in it, get some momentum, you know, a little bit of miscommunication on a quarterback counter, ball pops up right into Central's arms, and then there you go. Um, yeah. And uh, it, and untouched it, the other way for a touchdown. Yeah, and as you said, I mean, against a team like that, they are, they are a very talented team. Auburn moved the ball, but as you said, I mean, just uh, uh, some mistakes. And, and people go, you know, I, I hear, well, mistakes at the wrong time. I don't know when, I don't know when the right time is to – you know, to have penalties and turnovers. It's just yeah. the the mistakes that 
you feel like you you know by this time of year you should you should be avoiding yeah and and um you know it, it's there's not a good time for for turnovers or, or penalties or any of that like you said but uh there are times when they hurt worse um and when you know if you, if you throw an interception and you know you're able to force a, a punt or whatever then it then it lessens it but when the turnover not only leads to points, but it leads to immediate points, and the defense didn't even get a chance to uh, to stop the other team. Uh, th- that's when they kind of get get amplified. Uh, you also had some third downs that Auburn couldn't get off the field on. A lot of that had to do with Cam Coleman. Some of that had to do with the quarterback for Central and some of the other receivers. But um, but but uh, now it's it's on to the next. Uh, Jackson Kilgore will be back. He will be playing some today. Henry Allen will get to start at quarterback. Um, but, uh, but, but these are an important next, next two games are very important, not for just playoff and seeding, but Auburn still has got some with, with the new quarterback coming back, still got some stuff to get ironed out before the playoffs. I st- still want your, uh, your thoughts on in a, you know, I know Thompson has had, uh, state championships the last few seasons, but that was a very good Phoenix city team. Uh, you got to see, and, and I'd yeah, love your impressions on whether or not you think they can make a run. How how deep that run could be, especially with uh, with with a player like Cam Coleman. I mean, you're talking about can can they win state or not? Uh, when you're talking about Central and making the run, it's it's are they going to win state? You know, and and uh, the thing is, as I've said it with Thompson, is until they get beat in November or early December, I'm giving them the edge. Uh, you know, um, Cam Coleman is special. He might be the best player I've seen in high school. Yeah, that's what I wanted. I wanted to, wanted you to compare him. You've seen some really good players through the years and at the top level in the state of Alabama. Yeah, I think he's probably the best offensive player I've seen. Um, Henry Ruggs. That's pretty strong. Would be the other one that's kind of right there. Um, the other ones that are in the same breath of them are, are Reuben Foster from a dominant standpoint and Marlon Humphreys. Um, but uh, he's he he he's gotten bigger, faster, stronger since last year. Uh, mm-hmm. When when I when I was like, okay, he's good, but he wasn't the best receiver on a team that had a four star. Um, but uh, yeah, no, he he is absolutely a five star and. Uh, probably the best offensive player I've seen in high school football. And there's a chance that Auburn commit Perry Thompson and his team could be matched. I mean, they they should be matched up against somebody from the region in the playoffs, right? So you would think that they're able to make it. My guess is it will be fully against central in the first round of the playoffs. A couple of pretty good receivers that would be squaring off in a Foley versus a central matchup with Perry Thompson and, uh, and, and Cam Coleman, Scott. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's a that's a bunch of uh, <laughs> that's a bunch of uh, talent on the outside in, in that game, and also I got to imagine Auburn will send as many coaches as they can in that one to uh, to try to um, well, they already got the one commit, and then try to flip um, try to flip uh, Cam Coleman because you know that recruitment's not going to end anytime. Oh yeah, and and uh, uh, I was just I was just uh, talking with Dan uh, a few minutes ago about Coleman. I mean. Uh, a couple of reports that, you know, he, he came back in town after being at the game Saturday. He came back on Sunday, also came back and watched Auburn's practice on Wednesday. So, yeah, Auburn Auburn yep. would very much love to uh, get some reconsideration from the Texas A&M commit. And 
because of that, him being there on Wednesday, because Central had an off week that has an off week this week. Um, I, I'm wondering if Auburn's going to show a little bit different offense, maybe throw the ball more, try to throw the ball more um, on Saturday, because why else would you bring a receiver commit or receiver recruit in if you're trying to say, hey, unless you're trying to say, hey, this is what we plan on doing. Yes, we gonna, we're going to use you and all that. So, uh, Well, you know, unless you want to show him in practice why you're not throwing the ball on Saturday. Yeah, that, <laughs> hey, nobody can get open, so you'll come in and play immediately. Um, but uh, – but but the other thing is, is it sounds weird in a three touchdown game in that central game. It was about six to set six to eight plays that really changed that game. Mm-hmm. It was central making plays and Auburn not executing. So if Auburn wants to make a deep run, Auburn's got to find a way to get that cleared up. And uh, and to me, all that starts with being clean and efficient tonight against Prattville, a team who at times has played very well and at times has played very very lost on the football field. yeah what, what what's the uh what do you think the plan will be for the prattville offense uh, tonight uh, to trying to trying to win uh, at auburn uh take shots um you know that's a team that has not run the ball overly efficient uh throughout the year um they they, they got one guy that pretty much gets all the carries but i think they're going to try to spread the ball out try to take some shots um you know, you get that Auburn Central film, and you're like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna test this secondary." Now, again, um, if, if you don't have Cam Coleman, that becomes a, a lot more difficult because it's not like he was just running open the whole time. Auburn was there; he just made some impressive catches um, a lot of the times. But I expect Central or uh, Prattville to try to stretch the ball or stretch the ball downfield, try to uh, make this uh, Auburn secondary uh, prove that they can make uh, make plays on the ball with in the air and then uh defensively you know they got talent as well they got a a a sophomore defensive lineman who just got an offer from alabama within the last week so uh i i i uh i expect this one to be a good game um hopefully auburn can come out and take care of business and run and and then put prattville away uh in the first half um but also auburn's gonna have to start you know juggling this quarterback situation how are they going to handle everything Mm -hmm. henry allen's played very well but Jackson Kilgore is cleared, so we'll, I'm interested to see how Auburn uses the quarterbacks um, because that, that's going to kind of set the pace for how what Auburn wants to do there going forward. Sure. Now, uh, you talked a little bit about the quarterbacks, but uh, Auburn had a couple of backs that uh, – didn't they have two backs over 100 yards last week? Yeah, uh, both both backs went over 100 yards. And, and um, you know, Auburn the last two weeks against the best two defenses they've seen in Opelike and Central have run for – 240 plus yards on both of them um so the offensive line which was four new linemen starting to come together starting to play a lot better um and now you add in a new wrinkle with jackson adding to to be more of a passer um and and then you know henry it it might i think if you gotta if you want to point out a situation where you say hey guys this is what we want it's kind of the chris leak tim tebow type situation where Jackson kind of runs the full offense, and then uh, uh, Henry Allen is a red zone short yardage type guy. Um, and like I said, interest to see how that goes. Um, but uh, but but Auburn has you know starting to get healthy on offense, but some injuries now starting to kind of pop up on defense. They still got some guys that need to to get uh, some experience and seasoning, so to speak, going into the playoffs. Talking with Scott Bagwell, the voice of Auburn High School Athletics. You can catch Scott and the gang on Wings 94.3 tonight for Auburn and Prattville. Uh, you can also catch that one online, RadioAlabama.net, and go to the uh, Wings 94.3 tab 
to uh, listen live to Scott's call of Auburn and Prattville. Want to talk a little uh, Auburn uh, Mississippi State uh, tomorrow? Auburn oh, looking for their Auburn looking for their first uh, conference win. It, it feels looking to snap a four game losing streak. And I saw yeah. where and, and uh, saw where Philip Marshall pointing out. And I was looking this up. As a matter of fact, I thought it was interesting. And then Philip wrote a story. This is the eleventh time since nineteen fifty that Auburn's had a four-game losing streak. Each of the last two years, Auburn's had a four-game losing streak. Auburn has never had a winning season when they had a four-game losing streak. They need to win Saturday to try to buck that trend. Yeah, um, you know, the recruiting is going, you know, well. But um, to save – to save – basically to save just how everybody feels about this season – you got to win tomorrow. Um, I think if you win tomorrow, it gives you a good chance going into the next two weeks to get wins, and now you're into a bowl game and, and all the positive things that come from that. Also, I think, you know, the team and the fan base just needs a win to right. remember what it's like. Um, you know, this, the Cal game was so late, and it was so weird that you almost walk away going, that's not a loss. You know, the win, but it's more so not a loss than a win. Um but Auburn needs to play well at Jordan-Hare Stadium. I can't remember the last time that Auburn just played well and got a win against a Power 5 team, um, save for the A&M game last year. I mean, you, you have to go back to the, the win over Ole Miss two years ago to find Auburn's win against a team that was Yeah, that in. was the beginning of the end yeah. for everything, and nobody mm-hmm. realized it then. Yeah, it was, it, was the, it was Auburn's last win against a top-10 opponent. It was you know, one of Auburn's last wins uh, in conference play. Uh, these uh, these last couple of years. And, that and, yeah, was Auburn's last win against the Power 5 team that finished with a winning record, wasn't it? A&M, yeah, no, because A&M was 5-7 and seven last yeah. year, right? I don't think, yeah. I don't think, I don't think Missouri yeah, finished right. with a winning record right. either. You're absolutely right. So, I mean, it, it would be it, – I mean, there are it, – it's easy to remember almost who two, it's been. Yeah. Almost two full seasons since that happened. Right, so, I mean, and you get the feeling that these next three, right, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, yep. and Arkansas all seem like games where – you know, Auburn, Auburn isn't as outclassed on the roster as they yeah. were, especially at the They're most They're not out-talented. They're not. No. Yeah, not, I, not. Was, I was listening to uh, Justin and Bill yesterday, and you're right. It's the first time since the Cal game, as far as Power 5 games, where you're not going out there um, outgunned. You know, uh, you, you, you're, you feel a whole lot better. And even last week, I think it was kind of more of a – quarterback comfort thing that gave Ole Miss the advantage there mm-hmm. than, than, uh, than them just having a lot more talent than Auburn across the board, maybe some more depth um, at certain positions as, as well as well. But, um, you know, as weird as it is, is, you know, Mississippi State looks like Mike Leach was starting to get some things rolling with his offense and then all that happens. And now they're back to square one as they went from the – air raid to running what real freed kind of ran here at the end of the year last year. So um, they're, they're also in a very, you know, new system. They're trying to find their way through. Um, they haven't looked good either. Uh, even in, in the win against Arkansas, um, you know, it, it's two teams definitely looking to, to figure out where their season's going to go. Yeah. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I'm, I'm thinking it's probably Mike Wright, although they better be ready in case Will Rogers can go because he has just uh, owned Auburn the last two years. Yeah, and all of that started at – 
Started After late in the Auburn first half. Yep, late yeah. in the first half. Auburn up 28-3. to Yeah, Will Rogers would hate to miss the Auburn game after the way he's played against this team the last two years. He, he probably six touchdown passes from, from in the last 32 minutes of that ball game. I mean, statistically, it's hard to find a quarterback who, uh, as, a, as a visitor to Jordan-Hare, has played a better game than the one Will Rogers oh, no. played no, two years right. ago. Uh, the last time Mississippi State came to uh, to Jordan Hare Stadium, so yeah, he he would love. You, you get the feeling he would love to go. It's been a different season this year. It, it's tough to. I'd, I'd actually like Scott's thoughts on this. I mean, Zach Arnett sort of he had to take over in incredibly difficult circumstances after the passing of Mike Leach, and he's going in his own, you know, sort of going in his own direction offensively, bringing you know, not trying to replicate what it was Mike Leach was doing. It's hard to replicate what Mike Leach was doing. Nobody else was, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. it, that's a that's an air raid offense that had its own specific flavor, but it's been sort of a transition year for that offense. Yeah, and, and going from the air raid to anything or anything to the air raid is tough. It's normally a two- to three-year process to uh, to get all that done. And, um, and so, yeah, it, it just makes it tough. You add in the whole weirdness of, of, of how the, the change to Arnett happened. Just a, a really, really bizarre situation. And, um, you know, with that said, they come in, get a win, and now they got two conference wins in a row. Now, all of a sudden, they're starting to feel good about where their program's going, and Auburn's sitting here questioning everything. So, I think it's a big sweet game for both programs in year one of a head coach. Um also for Auburn, if you want the Iron Bowl to have the same feeling that it that it should have, you got to win. Yep. you got you got to win a couple of them. Yeah, or or there's no telling what time the game might be as well. Scott, really appreciate. I think Bama being as good as they are is going to keep it away from eleven. Oh yeah, I don't think it'll be eleven. But I mean, the folks who think it's just a sure thing at two thirty, I don't know. Florida State at Florida. That one. That's uh, that, that that's gonna that could be a pretty big ball game. Also, depending on how the Gators do uh, for the rest of the sure. year as well. Scott, always great talking to you. Again, uh, let's see. It, it's you and Rob tonight since Jack's gone. So, uh, so, so nobody, nobody down on the field, right? Nobody on the field. We're flying solo up in the box. Uh, but uh, yeah, it'll just be uh, Rob and myself tonight. Jack had an audible at the last second, and he had to go on the road. Yep. Well, uh, you guys have a great broadcast and uh, pull them through. Appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. All right, Scott Bagwell, voice of the Auburn High Tigers, joining us here on the Friday Drive. See you, Scott. We will get to our final break here of hour number one. Come on in and join us. Experience. ESPN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final couple of minutes here of hour number one. Looking up, seeing the Diamondbacks warming up. That's that's a pretty funny number. Evan Longoria playing in his first World Series in 15 years. Played in um, one as a rookie yep, for, in, the, in, uh, for, for the for the Tampa Bay for Rays. The Rays in 2008. And, yes, these two teams between them have one World Series title. That the what was it oh one oh one Arizona oh one when Luis Gonzalez drove in the winning run that uh, Randy Johnson Kurt Schilling Louis Gonzalez that was a that was a fun Diamondback team the Rangers have been there not many times these teams haven't been there many times well the Rangers got close a couple yep. times last yep. decade uh, lost one to Andy Burcham's listening so he'll appreciate that uh, the, the Cardinals 
uh, took uh, took the Rangers out in that. That's that's one of the great. Was there, there's a game six walk off right, and then there's a and and then there's I mean a couple times the Rangers were I want to say within a strike of yeah. winning of winning that series and, uh, and 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 couldn't happen. Who do you like? Mm, I mean, I, I I just feel like I mean it's been a, an amazing story for the Diamondbacks, but I just I just feel like the Rangers are the better team, but. Who knows? Maybe the Diamondbacks are that team of destiny. I did not think Arizona was going to get this far. Like that, my bad. Like you're a Dodgers fan. No, no, I actually worried about the. I thought Arizona could beat the Dodgers. I didn't think Arizona would have. I told Ferguson, like, I didn't think Arizona had a chance against the winner of Braves Phillies. And uh, here we are uh, with Arizona in the World Series. And yeah, I mean, I'm. I would say that I, if I had to pick a roster, I'd pick Texas's. Yeah, but. Uh, bet against bet against it's Arizona. Tough. Yeah, at your, at your, your own, own risk. At your own risk, right? Zach now. Gallon against Nate Evaldi tonight in Game One, which you can hear on ESPN 106.7. Following the drive, we need to get to our top of the hour break. Love for you to join in three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Coach Don Dunn joins us at around five fifteen, so stick with us here on the Friday Drive. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in. Hour number two of The Friday Drive. Hope everybody doing well. Love for you to join in as we have one more hour today and this week. Leading up to uh, another big weekend, we mentioned Auburn High. Let's see, Lee Scott in action on the road tonight. Both Auburn High and Lee Scott with their pregames. Auburn High on Wings 94.3. Lee Scott on AU 100. Uh, 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock kickoffs tonight. And then, uh, as I mentioned on ESPN 106.7, we have Game 1 of the World Series tonight. Between the Diamondbacks and the Rangers, you were just talking about some of the some of the odds on this. That um, you said somebody put two hundred dollars on the Rangers over the Diamondbacks at the first of the month, and they've got four hundred to one. So if if um, the Rangers do what right now the uh, the odds makers think, projecting them as favorites. That'd be a I nice payday, eighty thousand dollars. I believe the wager the wager was placed in June for the wow for the exact matchup. Yeah, and in June he placed a. You said this this fellow did a few. I was thinking about this at two hundred dollars. You take a few long shots that you think, ah, oh, these teams have got a decent shot of making the postseason. Do a few long shots, and if you're out a thousand dollars, oh well. But I mean, at the chance of winning somewhere, you know, winning eighty thousand. Oh yeah, it's worth it. And yeah, so so there's a. Um, I, don't know, I was reading a, a story from uh, Covers.com, you know, a place that you know covers some some different gambling uh, stories here and there. And apparently, yeah, there was a, a, a one better in particular who has yeah a long shot ticket that uh, he, I believe he's hedged and also placed a wager on Arizona 
to uh, to to win the World Series sure. just just Why in not? case. But but if Texas beats Arizona, uh, yeah, the long shot bet he placed back in June uh, would cash at four hundred uh, to one. Yep. So uh, so he's probably feeling pretty good. I mean, this is. I mean, if you think about like not just a month ago, but at the beginning of the season, like the notion of. Arizona versus Texas was crazy. Yeah, I mean it, it was, was absolutely. I mean, I mean they crazy. both they both seem like teams that could make the run, make make a make well, the playoffs I, in an expanded. I, I don't field. know how many people thought the Diamondbacks were going to make the playoffs. Would make a run at the playoffs. I, I think. It, I mean, you, because it was the Dodgers and the Padres. If you expanded, is, like, is what everybody thought in the West. Well, maybe it, the Giants. It felt like there were six playoff teams that you felt like in the National League. It felt like there were six teams that were maybe a cut above everybody else, and then if. Florida or Arizona or San Francisco, I guess, or St. Louis. Like you, there could be a team maybe that jumped at Cincinnati, but it felt yeah, like nobody you, was thinking Cincinnati. More, a lot more people were thinking St. Louis, right? And and Arizona, I think people thought because of the starters and some of the exciting rookies, like may, maybe they'd be above five hundred, and above five hundred yeah. gives you a shot at the wild card. Nobody had them winning the National League. No, no, like, not I mean, at all. I mean, so so it's a uh, yeah, it's a bit of a long shot World Series. Should be fun uh, to uh, to see these two teams. We're going to have that game on ESPN 106.7 uh, tonight. So uh, so check out ESPN Radio's coverage of Game One of the World Series. Meanwhile, we're here with you for another fifty five minutes. Uh, Coach Don Dunn will join us in about ten. But we'd love to hear from you. Any of anything on your mind, sports wise? What do you think about any of the games tomorrow, including Auburn Mississippi State? Again, the uh, phone number to get you through on the drive hotline presented by Skybar is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast available however you listen to podcasts. Hour number two of the drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. Let's get to the uh, drive hotline, and Bill gets us started. Hey, Bill. Hey, guys. I was, um, I was, I had some thoughts about the game tomorrow. I, you know, I, personally, I don't particularly care who plays quarterback or how many times they change them out as long as that team can get a win. Cause I, <clears throat> I think they really need to win tomorrow. They not sure do. The, not just for the fans, but for themselves. You know, this kid put a lot of work into the, this season, but you know they they want to win for the fans and everybody else too. But they they really need to win. I care. The coaches are there every week. They know what's going on. They know who can do what, and uh, they just need to win. I just want to see those kids win that game tomorrow. And uh, and uh, it's just something that needs to happen. I could care less who plays quarterback and how many times they switch them out as long as they. They can get a win. Well, we were mentioning a little while ago that, uh, you know, Auburn's last two years, they've had four-game losing streaks. They've had five-game losing streaks the last two years. They really, really want to avoid that. You have a five-game losing streak, it makes it virtually impossible to um, to, to have a 500 season and, and be bowl eligible. And I heard something, I think it was your show yesterday, where, the, you know, I wondered whether the the guys really, the players, really want to go to a bowl and somebody said, maybe it wasn't your show, but anybody said, somebody said. No, we were talking about it. Yeah, some of the guys said they they never won a bowl game. And, you know, if if they can get the one and really want to play, I'll support them. I'll go. Jalen um, Simpson was the, I, I, was the senior that said, you know, he's been here five years. He's never yeah, won a bowl I, game. Was Auburn's last bowl win Purdue? Yeah. It was. 
That was a great. That's a great. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, oh, it was. I mean, but I wonder how many. I wonder. I mean, if anyone was was on this team, was, I don't uh, think so. maybe Cam Stutz. Yeah, maybe some yeah, of the. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe some so. of the. Yeah, maybe some of the class of nineteen guys um, that would be like maybe a From and Deal, you know, and, and and some of those you know older guys would have been on that team. But for the for the vast majority of the roster, they have not won a bowl right. game in an Auburn uniform. Yeah, and, you know, you got to start over somewhere, and this is this, this team is this is starting over. New coach, new new philosophy, new approach, and uh, I do believe we'll, we'll see better time in the future. But for the time being, I like to see the kids that they're out there working hard, uh, win tomorrow, and get to, if they want to go to a bowl, get the one and uh, and and try to win it. You know, I'll support them. Uh, hey, it's a lot look- different. It's a lot different when your team has been bowling every year, been to some big bowls, and you're not having a great year. Then some players are like, ah, you know, we've done that. It's not that big a deal. But, you know, Auburn didn't go to a bowl last year. And no, they've they they and they've struggled the last couple of years and haven't, you know, haven't been able to win a bowl game. So I can understand that, that some of these players are like, hey, it is a big deal to them. may not be to some of the fans, but it is to the players. Oh, sure. And I'm glad to hear that because, you know, what. When uh, things were going better, uh, win loss wise, uh, you, you, you heard us talk about this guy doesn't want to play in the bowl game, and this guy does, and people heard it worry about him getting injured. And but if the guys want to go to a bowl, you know, I'll support them. I'll show up. It's uh, but I hope they win tomorrow. I really do. Not for me or the fans, but uh, for themselves. Those kids work hard, and, and they uh, they had they play with exception of LSU. They've showed up and. And give it a good account of themselves, and that's all you can ask. Well said, Bill. You're absolutely right. I agree with you. Hey, by the way, Dan, I sure do miss you. I know we've been through this a hundred times before. I sure do miss you guys on that after the game show. Uh, you know, it was, like... that, that was that was something that was a it was a magical era. You know, it's, uh, it's over now. Incredible. It's over now. I really appreciate folks. I hear that. More. Tough to do it when you're tough to do it when the uh, network broadcasts. I mean, because the network broadcast oh, yeah. goes goes you know for a, a couple of hours. I uh, I hear compliments about that show more than I ever thought I would from folks, and it's it's very cool, well, and I'm glad man, people, I'm glad people enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a great show. No, you you, you just you know some people have a great radio voice, and when you come on, it was just. Uh, the uh, the crowd in the background the whole thing it was really <laughs> right, you know what and, and skybar yeah the played, atmosphere skybar right. played a huge role in that scott bagwell was a big part of that so yeah i mean oh, we can't, yeah. can't, i can't just take all the credit drew at the controls uh, was uh, was helping when we were on the air it was because of drew uh, so uh, so so yeah it was uh, uh, the, but yeah, i really appreciate that bill now you were hey guys uh, war eagle and uh, let's pull, hopefully get a win tomorrow appreciate the call bill Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. I uh, I forgot uh, to uh, to mention this, but I think we are yeah we're good to go. Uh, Jake Crane five thirty. Oh, uh, we did not oh, have Jake. on. I did not realize forgot, that. Forgot, yeah. yeah, we did not have Jake on it too uh, on Tuesday. He had a travel uh, conflict, and uh, and so we replaced him with Bruce Pearl and ran that interview uh, in, in the, right. in the five o'clock hour on Tuesday. Uh, we have uh, J- Jake is right. So we got Don Dunn in a couple of minutes. Yep. And uh, do you want to go to break early and, and get yeah, done? Yeah, I, th- I think we should. Yeah. That way uh, we can stay on schedule and get Jake in at the bottom of the hour. So, yeah, stick with us. We're right back here on the Friday Drive. I'm Jessica Samuel. with o- To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. 
Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. 5.15, Bill and Dan with Drew at the controls. And we're going to head to the uh, drive hotline presented by Skybar. Welcome in Coach Don Dunn here on this Friday. Don, how are you doing today? Good, Bill. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing pretty well. I don't know. I've got to watch. I, I, I tried to hydrate today, but I... Uh, <laughs> I, I I ran the mower over the over the leaves trying to uh, clean the yard up, and my, I'm I'm having like hand cramps. So, <laughs> this this old oh, this this uh, that's I I didn't used to get those when I was younger. So. No, he's no. fight he's fighting through it though, coach. He's, play, he's playing hurt. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so if you hear me yelp or something every once in a while, that that's that's all it is. No, no, things things are going pretty well. Looking forward to another another big weekend. Um, we've been we've been saying it all week though. This this is a very important game for Auburn. I mean, um, they they've played four ranked teams the last four weeks. Unfortunately, come out on the short end. You know, lost a couple of them by only seven points, but still, it's four straight losses. So this is a big ball game, a game Auburn is favored in with Mississippi State coming in, a team that is has given Auburn some some real trouble over the uh, the last 25, 30 years. I know when you look at the all-time record, Auburn has a decided advantage. But, uh, you know, we were looking, and, and State beat Auburn four straight from 97 to 2000, right when, when, when you guys came in. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they're, they're looking for their third straight win, as a matter of fact, when they come into Jordan-Hare tomorrow. Yeah, they've always played us tough. Uh, tough place to play over there. And, you know, they, they were always a physical, uh, big football team that ran the ball, basically, until Coach Leach got there. But, uh, yeah, very important game for us. We need to get this one. We need to come out with a lot of energy. Hopefully the crowd will be fired up and ready to go and playing at home and just get a fast start and try to be – I think we need to try to be balanced as we can on offense, running fast, and got to get a fast start, and hopefully something good will happen early for us. Coach, I think something that's got to drive you crazy these last four games is that Auburn like – I, I, I don't think the defensive line has played poorly. Uh, maybe LSU uh, was a game where they were a bit overwhelmed, but I think the other three, especially in the first few quarters of the game and in the, in the fourth quarter the depth, maybe catches up to Auburn against teams like Georgia and Ole Miss. But you know, I think the defensive line, and especially Marcus Harris, who uh, Coach Freeze shouted out on Tiger Talk last night, uh, has been, uh, has, has been uh, up for the task. Yeah, I agree with you. I think our defense has played well. Uh, and I, I do think they get a little tired late, late, late in the game. And, you know, we got to keep our defense off the field as much as possible. But – if you look at the last four games, you know, we've been in every game, the first half especially, and mm-hmm. uh, we've, I think we've played pretty well. We just got to get something to happen and, and happen early and get, get our confidence, and I think we can roll if we get that going tomorrow. Yeah, and one of the things you said, you know, a, a quick start would be, uh, would, would be a, a great um, tonic for, you know, for Auburn's got to be, a little bit, you know, they, they have to they have to be a little shell shocked after losing four straight. And you've got uh, how how do you handle that with players and try to keep them, you know, try to keep them focused um, because they they all know that you know they they're really fighting hard to try to get a win. Don't want to be thinking about oh oh god here comes another one. Right. You just you know you just keep 
doing what you do, basically. I've always thought you keep working hard. You don't panic. A lot of times young coaches and a young head coach will, will maybe panic, and then the kids see that. So I think you just stick to what you're doing. It's going to get better. It's just one of those years, you know, we're rebuilding, and we just need something to happen good early. I think if something happens good early, we, we might just blow them out. I got, I got a good feeling. Coach, this this game feels like unless one offense really gets going, uh, this this game uh, could be a a low scoring, uh, you know, it, throwback. Oh, yeah, it feels like it could be a Je- you know Jefferson Pilot game. You know, get 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 Tuberville, get Tuberville and Caroom uh, there there on, yeah. the, uh, on, on the God, side. I don't want, two, an- not, don't want another three two. Well, no, I don't no. know. I'll take the three right now if it comes down to it, though. Right. I tell you, that was a great game. I thought being a defensive guy, but. Uh, <laughs> I know the fans were not very happy, but what a crazy game. I've never been involved in anything like that in my life. And uh, lucky to get out of there alive, three to two. You know, I still don't think Ryan Pugh held that guy in the end zone on the on no, the on the, on the two I, on the two point. The safety that they gave yeah, State was yeah, uh, that's was, crazy. was 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 a very question. I thought Ryan Pugh just threw the guy to the ground, and they <laughs> and they and they called him for uh, they called him for holding there. But yeah, no, I, I don't know about I don't know if it's going to be three to two. Uh, but we could. We well, could heck, get you, you look. You look how close it was. Something like that last week. I mean, state. Yeah. State scores seven and wins last weekend in Arkansas in nice weather. Yeah, I saw that game. It was just a slugfest. They couldn't get anything going. But uh, they're getting a little better. I, I don't know if their quarterback's going to play. That'll that'll make a difference if he's not playing. Mm-hmm. And um, I, like I said, we just we need to get a fast start. Uh, keep our uh, defense off the field as much as possible and put up some points early, and I think we'll be fine. Talking with former Auburn defensive line coach Don Dunn here on the Friday edition of The Drive, the pit boss. And uh, and, and this is, um, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think it's only Auburn's third home game against a Power 5 opponent uh, this year, and, and the only one you got left after this is uh, is, is the Iron Bowl. Uh, they're, they're at the at the end of the season, but I – I would expect between uh, between Halloween weekend and uh, it's it still being a an SEC game tomorrow. I'm I'm thinking we'll have a uh, I'm, I'm thinking it'll be a good looking crowd uh, around town and uh, in the uh, in the stadium. The fans have shown up so far, Coach. Yeah, I think so. Our fans are resilient. They're going to be there. It's going to be a beautiful day, from what I understand, and uh, and uh, it gives them time to enjoy the evening. You know, it's a uh, earlier game and. Uh, I think they'll be ready to go, and the kids will feed off our crowd. Our crowds have been awesome. Oh yeah, no, no, no question about it. Dan mentioned Marcus Harris a little while ago. When you watch, uh, I mean, to to our eyes, he he really appears to be a just such an anchor for Auburn in there. I mean, you're seeing him inside and out. Really, I really like what we've seen from Marcus this year, and he's become a leader. He's not the most vocal guy. You know, he's not uh, um, not somebody that, that you're always, um, you know, hearing hearing him, but he really leads by example and, and, and I think has just been a rock for the Auburn defense. Yeah, he's a good player. Uh, like you said, he, he uh, does a really good job controlling his, uh, his gap, his area of the line. Uh, we're lucky to have him. And, you know, like you said, he's not a real rah-rah type guy, but that, that's, that's fine. He leads by example, and sometimes that's better. But yeah, I like him. He's a he's a heck of a player. Has a good pad level. Plays hard. 
runs to the ball, all the things you want out of a D lineman. What do you think of, uh, of uh, I mean, we're seeing more with Mazayan Azilikite out, obviously seeing more of Keldrick Falk, the uh, the true freshman, big number 15. What what are you seeing from him? I think he's got a great future. You know, he, like you said, he's just a big young freshman. He's probably a little wide-eyed, but every game he's getting better, and every rep he'll get better. And um, he's done a nice job. That's tough to go in there as a freshman, especially the teams we've played the last four weeks. So very impressed with him. I think we got a bright future with our D linemen. And yeah. we're going to get some more good ones. Uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, you, you they're at a premium always, I mean, to get the – the the difference type makers one thing that's it's been a little um you know been a little disappointing part of it is because of health Jalen McLeod hasn't been as healthy Auburn just really hasn't been able to get the pass rush it is tough to uh to play when you're when you're having to rely on someone other than your front four to try to come and help add pressure on the quarterback yeah, what happens there is, you know, Bill, you're going to leave a zone open or a man open if you have to bring a safety or a corner or, um, you know, somebody from the secondary. The good teams, the great teams, like you said, you know, the Georgias, the Auburn, at, at times Alabama, they get to the quarterback with three or four guys. And that way they can play man and lock up their corners or they can play zone. And that makes a big difference when you have to bring, like you said, somebody from the secondary or even a linebacker, it opens up passing lanes. So that's tough. But, yeah, D linemen are the key. I really think that's what college football is now. If you have a good D lineman, you're going to be in good shape. Mm -hmm. Talking with Coach Don Dunn here on the Friday Drive as we do each week. Uh, Don, when, when you look around the country – it just feels a little different this year. I, I don't. I don't know uh, if it's the transfer portal or or what, but it it just doesn't. They don't seem to be the clear cut. Boy, you can put these two teams. You know, these two teams are going to be in the playoffs, and there are a few others. It looks like there there are quite a few teams that have the opportunity. I mean, we're still waiting to see. You know, Georgia, I understand, is has, is number one, and they have been. But a lot of folks are thinking Florida might give them a, a bit of a run tomorrow. I mean, um, they're just, they don't seem to be those dominant teams, maybe, that we have gotten used to seeing over the last decade or so. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I, I've not seen Florida State. I know they're pretty good. But uh, I think you're right. What I, what I think happened is, you know, we had some teams lose early, like Alabama, then Texas lost, and and some of those teams that normally are up there, and Georgia, like you said, really has not played a tough, tough schedule yet. And with that tight end out, I think that's going to make a difference. I don't know if Florida can beat them, but that kid's special. So, you know, it, it is wide open. You know, you got some teams out on the West Coast that we don't see a lot that some people are talking about. And then you got Southern Cal that just kind of gone gone out the window. So. It is wide open. I really believe it is, and uh, you never know. One one of the teams that uh, is still, you know, very much in the hunt is the Michigan Wolverines. And man, there has <laughs> been a lot. Uh, it's not just smoke going on with this. Did, give us your thoughts on the. I mean, I, I don't call it signal. It's not just signal stealing. This is blatant you know, scouting at other teams, you know, other teams' games 
which has been in the rules for for thirty years. Yeah, that's uh, that is nothing but breaking the rules. That's all. It's cheating. That's all it is. Uh, now we always, you know, look at the film. We try to pick up signals from the film. We had young guys in the box trying to pick up the signals during the game, which is legal and everybody does it. But to pay money to send somebody to film, I mean, it's just illegal, and he knows that. I mean, they know that's a, a, a like you said, it's just cheating. It's a blatant rule violation. Yeah, I, w- I wonder what the, uh, I mean, at some point, you know, people will start, you know, looking to, you know, where's the buck stop? You know, w- will the University of, will the University of Michigan do something worried about the, you know, the, the, the idea that the head coach engaged in something like this? Does the Big Ten Conference get involved in, uh, in if, if this happened uh, in league games? And then I think the NCAA would be the next step after that. But it just, it seems, I mean, I don't know. It, it's it's tough to find a, you know, it, it's tough to find a, a similar situation in college football where you could say, oh, yeah, well, this is, this is what happened to, to these guys, but right. Um, but I but I could see why somebody would want to send a message that this isn't okay. Right, and I wonder what would happen if they were not undefeated. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I think know, that would come much quicker yeah. if that were the case. Yeah. If that was some poor guy down the road who was zero and seven, they, he'd be gone. But uh, yeah, the, I think the athletic director has to address it, and the conference commissioner and. You know, I don't know about the NCAA. I don't know where they are. I mean, I'm just confused what's going on with those guys. But, yeah, it's, it's cheating. I don't care how you put it. And uh, he's a strange cat, I think. So he really anyway, is. I mean, he's, he's a really good coach. When I, was at, when I was at Purdue, we played them. And he all he talked about, you know, they kicked our butts pretty good. All he talked about was how bad the visitor's locker room was. And I thought, what is wrong with this guy? He just beat us by 30. And he's talking about the locker room. He is a strange – you're right. He is a strange yeah. <laughs> character. The guy can coach, uh, but, yeah, but he is a strange he's guy. He's yep. got some players. He's got some players. Don, his great. dad was a great guy. He oh, yeah. Western Kentucky yeah and his brother's program. a pretty good coach, too. Yes, I mean, yes. Yeah, so, I mean – Who knows? Yeah, no, no kidding. Great stuff as always, what's, Don. What's on the uh, what's on the smoker tonight, Coach? Well, I'm heading in here before too long. Uh, we don't have as much, but we got a lot of different things. A lot of tenderloin trays going out, and, uh, turkey trays, and and uh, and all uh, a couple of rib trays. So coming up, coming up on turkey tray season. Hey, let me tell you, that yeah. is my go-to every Thanksgiving. We 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 came across. This when uh, one one Thanksgiving oh moon many moons ago mm-hmm. when my wife decided uh, you know I don't want to try I said well let's <laughs> let's get a smoked turkey from countries and it has been I mean it is a family favorite and tradition we do it every single year well, I, I definitely encourage that. everybody to, to well uh, to I'll do be that. we'll be doing that in a couple of weeks oh uh, yeah now we got that other smoker so they'll even be better than they have been oh man that's great Don thanks <laughs> a lot we really appreciate uh, you joining us and spend a little time with us every week thank you guys all right coach Don Dunn joining us as he does on Friday afternoons we'll get to our bottom of the hour break and then Jake Crane who's usually with us on Thursday was uh, hopping a plane yesterday So he's wherever he was headed, and he'll join us in a couple of minutes. So stick with us here on the Friday Drive. 
The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Friday Drive. Final 25 minutes here uh, with Bill and Dan. Drew at the controls. And we normally have him with us on Thursdays, but uh, he was about to uh, board a plane, I believe, yesterday. Hey, we've done that before. So we usually, uh, have, usually have on Tuesdays. Oh, yes, Tuesdays. Uh, I'm just glad it's Friday. Absolutely. Right. No, but, but you're right. I, have no, no, but I was, have no idea about travel, what else is the tra- the going on in the week. Is, is travel conflict on Tuesday made, yes. made him unavailable. We had the Bruce Pearl interview, thankfully. We, you know, so a, 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 a worthy replacement for Jake on, uh, on Tuesday afternoon, but... Now we've uh, now we get to have our weekly visit with with our uh, our good friend Jake Crane. What's up, guys? Yeah, no, I appreciate it. We uh, went out to that power slide deal in Vegas uh, with that you know the UFC's putting on. It's, it's absolutely wild, okay. but uh, yeah, I appreciate y'all having me on Friday. You went wait you went to the power slap thing? Oh yeah, wow. second time we've been out there, man. How'd you do? Uh, uh, no, no, you. Uh, no, okay, okay. <laughs> we definitely weren't competing. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that was, uh, I tell you, it's, it's wild. They got, you know, different weight classes. Uh, it's it, it is what it sounds like. I mean, two grown men standing in front of each other and stopping each other until one of them, you know, is, is concussed. Yeah, and they know, go through, it feels like, it feels like, what, it feels like one of those events where even the winner loses, Jake. Like that's. Oh, uh, well, it depends on if you get, if you win the coin toss, there's a lot of times it's just a one hit or quitter. So if you win the coin toss, I mean, you get that first slap, it, it can come out clean. Uh, that is, uh, you know, we, we should we could see, uh, we could see some. How do you prepare? Yeah, for that. How do you prepare training. your face for that? You sparring, you sparring. <laughs> Bill, I uh, <laughs> look. I, I feel like I know some answers to a couple oh. questions in this life. That is not one of them. We could see the SEC equivalent of power slap tomorrow at Jordan Hare Stadium when Auburn and uh, Mississippi State. <laughs> Couple of offenses that have struggled to get things yeah, going. It's consistently. Not, it may not be scores and scores and scores. Uh, at least not the way these two offenses have been playing lately. What are what are you uh, what are you expecting tomorrow uh, from uh, from the Tigers and the Bulldogs, Jake? Well, look, I mean, obviously we don't. You know, Will Rogers is still questionable. We'll, we'll see. It changes the dynamic when Mike Wright's in there. Um, but I feel like we we do know kind of who both these teams are. You know, Peyton Thorns performed better at home for Auburn. Uh, obviously, having the home field advantage of Jordan Hare is huge, and I think this week, you know, when it comes down to the roster, uh, there's a lot more competitive, you know, balance between the two teams that, than it's been in, in other Auburn games and the big games they've played so far. But to me, this feels like a game where it's going to be the team that loses it rather than the team that wins it. Uh, you know, that happens a lot in, in sports and, and in college football, especially teams lose games, they don't win them. Uh, I think whoever plays the cleanest, uh, when it comes down to special teams, when it comes down to turnovers, when it comes down to penalties, uh, I don't think anybody's going to run away from anybody here by three scores or anything, uh, but I think it's going to be a game of, of who can play cleaner. Well, uh, Auburn looks like they're getting a little healthier. You mentioned Will Rogers. I don't know I don't know how healthy Woody Marks is, man. It looked like he was struggling yeah. to, uh, uh, to, to even walk last week, but he kept coming back in the ball game. So that should favor Auburn and stayed on the road for a second straight week as well. Yeah, you know, I, but, I mean, Zach Arnett got more involved in the defense last week, and, oh, and I know Arkansas has fallen off a cliff, but they were much better. Um, yeah, it seems like that's happened to Woody Marks like the past three games in a row. 
Um, and, and it seems to be kind of a nagging injury that's lingering with him. You know, when you play the running back position, that, that's not something you want to deal with, whether it's an ankle, whether it's a foot, whether it's a knee, quad, anything like that. Uh, but, look, at the end of the day, Auburn's going to have to have some semblance of a passing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Zach's probably going to load the box against, you know, 11 personnel and, and 20 and 21 and 12 and things like that and make Auburn beat him on the outside. I don't know why you wouldn't. No. You know, unless it's third in passing, and, and then you would play, you know, your covered stuff. So, uh, again, Auburn's got to stay on schedule. Um, I know Auburn's getting healthier. but it, but it, And, listen, I know people are frustrated with the quarterback carousel, but at the end of the day, somebody's got to take the job. Somebody's got to win the job. That's Auburn's biggest problem is nobody is winning the job. So you're having to keep putting them out there and putting them out there and putting them out there, and, and you can get no continuity. So – you know, at some point, you would hope, I mean, you know, we're in week nine. Uh, if it's going to happen, it needs to happen. Oh, yeah, and, and Auburn, if if they're going to get to a bowl game, if they're going to finish 500 or better, they need to win this one because if they go, in, they yeah. go on the road, I, I, I don't care that it's Nashville, they go on the road for the next two weeks with a five-game losing streak, how can they have any confidence? Yeah, look, there's no guarantees just with where Auburn is right now from a personnel standpoint. Uh, that That's just, you know, the honest truth. If you want to admit it or not, you know, now Auburn, I'm not saying Auburn and Vanderbilt are exactly equal. Auburn's a better team than Vanderbilt, but if Auburn doesn't play well, mm-hmm. uh, they could lose uh, pretty much every game left on their schedule. But I don't see that this team doing that. Um, I, I expect to see them, you know, fight against Mississippi State the way they fought all year. You know, they've had, they're playing the style they're playing because that's the best way to give them a chance to win the game against better teams in the fourth quarter. We've seen that happen multiple times. They just haven't been able to, you know, close it out and finish. Uh, so I think the coaching staff's doing just about any, everything you can. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, a quarterback has to step up, and maybe it's this game against Mississippi State. And, and that's, that's also a reason what you just said is a reason a lot of folks think maybe they're not going to play that style for the entire game this week because they're not playing better teams that they're as concerned about exploding offensively. Well, look, I mean, uh, if if you're going to do it, you do it against teams you feel better about, you know, the, the talent mm-hmm. gap isn't that big. But the only worry you have is, you know, offensively, if it doesn't work or, or it barely works, you're, you're now having to put your defense out there for 25 or 30 more snaps, and they're already out there way too much. I mean, you're having to depend on them more than anything, to keep you in games. They're having to exert, you know, uh, maximum effort, it seems, every play. Not that you don't play hard every play, but when you don't have the depth, like Auburn doesn't have the depth, and you don't have the pass rushers, like Auburn doesn't have the pass rushers, that piles up over time, and you're just playing with fire. So if you're going to do it, I mean, just like anything, it better work. But in turn, defense, even if you do score in four plays, the defense has to go right back out there. So over a four-quarter game, um, you know, against a team you have some more competitive balance against roster-wise, it makes sense. Uh, I just don't think it's going to work in games where you are, you're up against the grain from a no. talent standpoint. Talking with Jake Crane from Crane and Company here on the Friday edition of The Drive. Jake, our usual Tuesday guest, rescheduling and uh, able to talk to us today. Jake, I, I was saying earlier in the week that uh, regardless of what the win-loss record looks like over the next three games or five games for Auburn as, as they close the season, I'd love to see a player who's going to be on next year's team step up and sort of make a, a compelling argument that they could be you know, a big part of, of next year's offense too, whether that's at quarterback, whether that's at receiver, whether that's at running back. Uh, is, is there a player or two uh, that, that would have your eye as, as a guy who could, uh, who, who could take a step forward for Auburn's offense 
uh, between now and the end of the season and uh, and, and be uh, and, and be something to build with uh, next year? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, if if we're strictly talking offense overall, I, I think the Falk kid, you know, has a chance to be pretty special. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of puts it together here at the end of the year because he's getting more reps. Uh, but offensively, I mean, you got to look to the outside wide receiver position. I mean, Shane Hooks, Camden Brown, somebody. Is anybody out there? Like, so somebody show the ability to make a big play in a game that's not against a, a group of five team or an FCS team. I mean, Auburn's got a lot of guys walking around that looked apart at that position group on the outside, but nobody outside of Fairweather who needs to be playing inside on the seam and doing things in there to be able to, to help open up the guys on the outside. He's really Auburn's only move, and you got a couple slight, uh, slot guys that have done a couple things. But yeah, we're seeing more Caleb Burton for the last, you know, last week. Caleb Burton's another one. Like, mm-hmm. just somebody, like, somebody make a play. Somebody go get one. Somebody get some confidence. Somebody go make a big catch and, and, and look at the camera and nod or something. Somebody show some <laughs> arrogance at that position. All right, let, let's, uh, before we run out of time, love to get your thoughts on a couple of other ball games. A lot of teams off this week. But a couple of interesting matchups over on the east side. Uh, the, the game formerly known as the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Uh, Florida and Georgia, uh, the, the both teams coming off open dates. Graham Mertz has been much better, I think, than a lot of people expected. Yeah. This Florida team that looked like, man, is Billy Napier going to make it through the season? Uh, they, they haven't been so good on the road. And this one is not... Uh, this is not on the road. It's in Jacksonville. But uh, uh, Georgia, you know, some people think that this might be a little closer than the two-score line that we have. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I think Graham Mertz has been one of the most pleasant surprises of the college football season. Uh, Really coming out of nowhere, because if you watched him at Wisconsin, there's no way you had a ton of confidence and him coming down to Florida in a pistol zone read spread option concept offense and having a big year. But, I mean, here we are. They're sitting at 5-2. and two. There's a lot of season left. Uh, but but I'm, I'm happy for Billy. Uh, Billy's trying to do it the right way. You know, they went out to Utah, weren't able to run the ball. Graham Mertz kind of kept them in the game, even the games where they haven't been able to run it. It seems like Graham Mertz has really been able to throw them to victories, uh, and, and that's something I did not expect. Mm-hmm. And now going up against Georgia and Jacksonville, obviously no Brock Bowers. Is this a time where Dominic Lovett, the Missouri transfer, and Ra-Ra Thomas, the Mississippi State transfer, a wide receiver, really step up uh, and, and show that, that Georgia can have those elite receivers on the outside? Uh, you know, you, you got uh, the, a couple running backs coming back with Kendall Milton. Marius Mims is coming back on the offensive line. Carson Beck's been really efficient. And, you know, Georgia's only had one third and 12 or more, and they got it, and it was against Auburn. They, they're averaging, I think, third and two and a half. Which is a great, that's a great way to live. No kidding. That's a great way to live. I, I think this game is going to be close for about two and a half quarters. Uh, I think Florida is going to be able to stay in the fight. I love Pearsall. Even though the best part of Georgia's defense is the secondary, I do think Billy and them are going to be able to scheme stuff up enough where they can get a couple guys open. Eugene Wilson on the outside as well. But I see Georgia. I feel like Georgia can dominate the second half and still only win by 13 and Florida cover that 14 and a half. But the best bet is the under at 49 and a half in this game. What about Tennessee, Kentucky? I mean, Tennessee last week, you know, Vol fans were ecstatic at halftime. They were, uh, you know, uh, jumping, ready to jump off uh, Neyland at the end of the ball game. Uh, Alabama just, <laughs> Alabama, Alabama, you know, just dominating them in the second half. I wonder about their, you know, where they are in their heads 
going in, uh, you know, uh, uh, going into Kentucky this weekend. Yeah, well, you know, since they lost at Florida, now they got two SEC losses. Now it's out of your hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get Georgia at home if they beat them, and Georgia still wins out. Georgia's going to the SEC championship because obviously Tennessee would have two losses. Georgia would have one. Um, you know, emotionally, you know, wh- where are they uh, after last week? And and you mentioned the, the tale of two halves. It seems like Alabama is, and it's a great problem to have, is winning while being wildly inconsistent. And I think last week's game against Tennessee shows that. But Nick Saban's one of the greatest adjusters of all time. The game is about adjustments. It's not just about the game plan. You know, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face, and it's how you adjust not only at halftime, but throughout the game uh, that can flip it like that. And obviously players got to make plays. But I tell you what, this is a game I'm not going to bet on. I wouldn't bet on it with your money, Bill. Uh, but but I feel like Georgia, win, uh, excuse me, Tennessee wins this one in a walk-off. I just don't trust Devin Leary uh, to be able to make the throws. You know, I, he really hasn't lived up to the building, even going back to NC State at the beginning of last year. I know he hurt that peck. But it just seems like uh, Ray Davis is obviously the star of that team. And if they can't, you know, beat you by running it because they ran it great against Missouri and still lost by 17. I just don't trust Devin Leary to be able to throw him to a win when they need to. Jake, would love to get your thoughts on what's going on at USC. Uh, a couple of uh, losses. I know there's been uh, some uh, conflict between Lincoln Riley and the local media. Uh, he uh, didn't show up for uh, at least one media appearance this week. He cited illness, and, and he may be sick. We, we don't know. Um, but, you know, folks are, folks are pointing out this is – how the last month or so at uh, Oklahoma uh, went before Lincoln Riley left uh, for USC. What what do you what, what's your read on on what's going there in uh, in Southern California? Well, look, I mean, I said it's during the off season. Like, like, at what point is everybody going to stop gassing up Lincoln Riley like they're going to win the national championship when this is the exact same thing that Lincoln Riley does every year with Alex Grinch? I mean, did everybody just forget Oklahoma where they were like this every single year? And the one time that they did make the playoff, they give up a 1,000 points to Georgia because they can't stop anybody. At some point, if somebody shows you who they are enough, you need to believe them. And the combination of Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch has yielded the same result. Really uh, elite offense. They have a generational talent at quarterback. Heisman winner at quarterback. We've seen this movie before. But defensively, they can't stop anybody. So those one or two games or those two or three games throughout the season that the offense doesn't play at the highest level of efficiency, they lose a couple of those because they have no team balance. That's why I said during the offseason that Lincoln Riley will never win a national championship. I got drug after making that prediction. But how many times do, do we have to see the same movie? It's the same thing with Jimbo Fisher. How many times do you got to see the same movie before you start believing it's the same movie? I wonder if Lincoln Riley's future is in college football. Or, no, or, I've said he's going to the Cowboys, Dan. Yeah, I, or, or, if, or, if, Cowboys. or if his next move would be if an NFL team thinks that, you know, with, with the way offenses are increasingly resembling college spread offenses in the NFL, uh, maybe someone thinks that Lincoln Riley would be the right architect uh, for their uh, for their NFL offense, especially with feels like a lot of teams in the NFL are going to reshuffle and go with a new quarterback next yeah. year. Someone's going to go with Caleb Williams. Next year, maybe uh, maybe they'll think that Lincoln Riley is the uh, is, is the right guy uh, for the job there. Well, look, I, I make no mistake. I'm not doubting Lincoln Riley offensively at all. I'm talking about being a head coach as the collective and putting a defense out there that is you know can rank in the top 85 of the country and recruiting uh, when you're at Oklahoma and, and USC and recruiting defensive players. Right, like it's a different situation yeah, in the NFL for sure. You know, if he's given you know, for sure. 
Oh, well, without a doubt. Yeah, that's not how it works. You're not going in there trying to convince somebody. I don't care what Caleb Williams or Eli Manning did. But I would be I would be shocked if it wasn't either the Cowboys or the Chargers. I could see, you know what, those are two good answers. I could see Washington uh, needing uh, needing a spark if things go south Moving on there. from Ron? Going on, moving on from Ron Rivera? Well, I just wonder. You know, I mean, at some, at some point you need, some, you, know, you, need, you, need to see, you need to see results. And, and then right. maybe, uh, not obviously not for the same reasons, uh, Jim Harbaugh um, back in the NFL next year because I don't, I don't know how long he's going to last at Michigan now. If, Bill, if he wins it, he's gone. Well, there's, if there's, he wins it, he's gone. Uh, and if he doesn't, he may yeah. be gone. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't agree, know. I, I feel like winning it guarantees it. I feel like winning it guarantees it. Um, J- Jake, great stuff uh, as always. Um, uh, tell folks where they can uh, where they can find uh, the the work you do. Yeah, really easy. Uh, if you watch, uh, we go live in the morning, six thirty a.m. to eight a.m. Central. Uh, just go to YouTube. It's Cranny Company, C R A I N N Company. Uh, if you listen, we're on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, all that stuff. We do live calls. We have a live chat where we answer questions, uh, talk college football, NFL, anything you want to talk about. Uh, have some great guests. We have a great uh, Saturday special, which we actually release on Friday evening with a uh, former Georgia quarterback, David Green. I know, you know, as a fellow Auburn fan, they doesn't, you know, I don't got great memories of David Green. He ripped my guts out multiple times, uh, but he's a great guy. We pick games. We go through it. Uh, go check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. Great stuff, Jake. Thanks, man. Uh, have a great weekend. All right. Y'all too. All right, we'll get to our final break. Stick with us as we wrap it up here on the Friday Drive. Most of us don't expect to see children on the street on a dark night. 